Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, they'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline. I write the How to Decorate blog. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Karen. I head up Ballard's branding team. We're We're your hosts. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of the show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at BallardDesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. And now, on with the show. So our guest today, we are so excited to be on day three of our Nashville week, celebrating the opening of our new store in Nashville. And our guest is Julie Couch, and she is a Nashville interior designer. Her work has been featured in Country Living, Southern Home Magazine, Traditional Home, Domino Magazine. She was also Traditional Homes, um, one of Traditional Homes, Rising Stars of Design in 2015. She was also on DIY Network's uh, show Nashville flipped. You have a art gallery, a nonprofit art gallery called G Grace Gallery, which benefits the Forest Spence Fund. And you are a busy lady, so thank you for joining us today and making time to chat with us. I'm excited. I'm a fan of the show, so I'm really excited. Yeah, yes. she said you listen to all of them. I love mm-hmm. that. And she's running the show today. So if we yes, stop recording, yes. it's because she thinks it's <laughs> <laughs> I don't like what I said. Pull the plug. <laughs> You're, I, I just love how clean and just uncluttered, sophisticated. There's always a little touch of femininity. There's, there's definitely a feminine sort of streak to them, but, but it's definitely balanced. Your work is definitely balanced as well. And, um, I think that that polish is really just what appealed to me so much about mm-hmm. your work. Um, cause it, it really seems to be an overwhelming, um, or an overarching, I guess, theme Thank in your rooms. That's so kind. Yeah, I think I always feel like I don't have quote unquote a style. You know, people always ask you that, like, what is your style? Uh, because it really is very much, I feel like, a partnership with the clients. However, I do feel like I kind of pull what they love through my filter. So, you know, it's not overly complicated. The scale is always right. Um, it's styled well, those kinds of things that I feel like no matter what your aesthetic is, if the scale is right and it functions the way you want it to, it's going to be successful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just the details and the artwork and accessories that really personalize it. But, you know, there are certain things that just work well um, that I feel like are kind of woven throughout everything we do. Mm -hmm. Like what? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I jokingly say to people, you know, they're like, well, I just want things that last and I want some longevity and, um, you know, and the idea is you don't have to redecorate your house constantly. You decorate it when you want to. It's not because it's worn out or it looks bad. So, you know, I'm a big proponent of performance fabrics because I have little kids. Um, I really do like that clean, crisp upholstery that you keep, um, you know, and it's a nicer quality. It's more investment quality. And then you can add fun things to it. You know, like we were just talking about the fun console table. So if you have really fantastic upholstery and it's in a neutral, you can add pretty much anything you want to it. You can do fabulous wallpaper. You can do a great piece of art. You can keep it really soft and do it really neutral. But that's what I like about having that, the latitude to do that, but still having those like staple pieces that are maybe a little bit more expensive, but you're not going to replace that you're, mm-hmm. you're going to keep. Sure. Yeah. And like Caroline was saying, a lot of white in your portfolio, some rooms that are all white. And how, how are we balancing that with children? Just performance fabric? Mm-hmm. It or really, it a really whip? 
Yes. We, we don't let our children sit on furniture. No, I'm just kidding. Um, That's the key. <laughs> no, actually, um, and actually last week, everything that I had that wasn't a performance fabric just went to get recovered because I did have a couple things that had made it until we had Marlo and then no go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so everything is performance fabrics. We definitely slip covers, but I will say in my family room at my house, kind of family kitchen breakfast room that a lot of us have kind of that big open area, everything in that area is metal, wood, leather, um, you know, like scrubbable, um, mm -hmm. type fabric because I don't, you know, I don't want anybody to feel like they're going to mess anything up. So if we entertain, mm -hmm. and I say entertain like in quotes, because that's having other families over to swim and like kids to eat pizza. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't ever want them to feel like they can't sit on everything. They can't enjoy everything. So if they want to drink a chocolate milkshake on our sofa, they totally can. You know, it's leather. Um, so there are things like that that I just feel like function does have to kind of rule those decisions to some degree. Mm -hmm. uh, but then there's obviously spaces, you know, like master bedrooms or, um, you know, more adult spaces where I feel like you can do things that are a little bit more fragile or just pretty. Um, they don't have to be quite the workhorse pieces that you put in those main family areas. Yeah. As a mom, isn't there, is there anything worse than going over to someone's house and feeling like you have to chase your kid around to prevent them from ruining whatever because then yes. like, no one's having fun no. No. kids not having fun you're not having fun your hostess isn't having fun no no it's horrible no and it's funny because most of my really close girlfriends are not interested in design it's so funny like I don't think <laughs> they would ever notice I mean I'm sure they think oh Julie's house is pretty that's what she does I, but it's they don't care they don't they're not they don't care so um you know I don't I just say if you feel like you have to impress somebody at your house then you don't need to invite them over so I, you know, <laughs> that's a great rule. That's yeah. a great. That's a new quote. It's kind of a good for life too. But, um, but yeah. So if you, you know, I want people to come over and sit on anything, you know, pick up, you know, pick up anything, look at anything, read any book, you know. So nothing feels like it's so perfect and staged. Um, right now, you know, it's a funny because we don't have anything on any coffee table or anything at Marlowe's level. So it looks so bare. You know, there's like. Um, there's nothing there, but it, at this season, it's practical. So I think at, at the end of the day, we want to do these beautiful rooms and install them, but we want them to be beautiful in five years, in right. eight years, you know. No, uh, wait, Marlo's two? She's going to mm -hmm. be in a few weeks and she's Okay, so are you saying all you've done to kind of adjust your house to a two-year-old is just kind of clear some of the objects off of lower things? Yes, that's I have a real wild two-year-old girl too. So yeah, I, I know. I don't really baby proof. We do do the gates, obviously. We do those in the stairs, but I didn't baby proof with Gus either. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I feel like they can always figure out a way around it anyway to hurt themselves. So <laughs> I mean, do. she climbs on everything and stands on everything and, um, you know, but she's, She's tough. I mean, she doesn't even really cry. She falls down. She jumps back up, you know. I've also noticed with my, because I also have a very, very rowdy two-year-old girl. She just turned two. Mm -hmm. And um, I've noticed too that like if you have something out that maybe they're not supposed to touch, they might touch it one time. They might for a week get interested, but eventually like it just becomes boring. this thing that they see every day and it's boring. And so mm -hmm. sure, maybe for a little while you do need to be careful of, you know, whatever, but I have like pottery. I have all sorts of things that are, if she really wanted to get to it, she could, but 
And she sees it every day. So she doesn't really care. You know, I want them to feel like too, they can be around nice things and have nice things and respect those things. You know, that, mm-hmm. um, you know, these are things you've earned and these are things that belong mm-hmm. to me or to my husband or, you know, to them. And so I do want them to have a sense of that their home can be really beautiful. And we really live there. Like we live in it for sure. Um, because I've had clients before that, you know, their kids are going to college and they say, well, I've really never decorated. because I always had little kids. And I think, oh gosh, they've lived in an ugly house for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> no, have you as a mom, you know, you deserve I, something pretty as well. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, especially gosh, if you're a stay-at-home mom and you're home all day, mm-hmm. you need a home that really, you know, build you up and is nurturing and all those things because um, you're there all day. So, yeah. Well, but also for working moms, that's your refuge. Like Mm -hmm. when you, this is your downtime, you need to be able to, I think just every parent needs, because like y'all just said, you are home so much more. You're not out every Friday night. I mean, maybe you have a babysitter, but yes, I just think that I'm home all the time, time, even pre COVID. So mm-hmm. oh, me too. I was like, Oh, is there a change? Like I, <laughs> yeah, I I children. Pandemic, uh, pandemic. Well, yeah. I was listening to a seminar this week and it was, um, uh, interior designers who are listening are probably aware of it's business of home and mm-hmm. they had a two day seminar. And one of the things that they were talking about, um, was how beauty is not, just like a nice to have. And there are all these scientific studies that show when people are surrounded by beautiful things or by a beautiful view out their window versus a view of a wall. Like for instance, there was one study they cited was people in a hospital with the same exact condition. Like I just had my gallbladder out or something. The people who were in a room that had sunlight and a view of a tree or greenery and the people who were in a room with no window or a view of a wall healed faster and needed less pain medication and all kinds of things like that. So it's these things that, you know, it's easy to dismiss. You know, I'm going to wait till my kids go to college before I make the house pretty. I mean, that's 20 years of your life, people. (laughs) That's a quarter of your life. Yes. Yes. You're going to not make it beautiful. Make it beautiful. True. And I do believe I'm a big believer in no matter what kind of budget you have for your house, it can be beautiful and you can feel a pride in your home. Um, and I don't think that has a dollar sign. So I, you know, I'm a really, wherever you find things that you love, but just that make you feel like it's your home. That's personal to you. Um, and I feel like we do a lot of white, bright, light homes. Um, and that's what a lot of clients ask for. And I think a lot of it is because they come out of either grew up in a really dark house that's kind of cluttered or, you know, the home they had before the one they're building was, dark and heavy. So I think it's just whatever appeals to you and whatever you can afford, but it can still be fabulous and and personal and unique. Um, And I think that's really important to remember too, that you don't have to wait until you get, win the lottery to decorate your house. Right. Well, uh, and people often wonder about how decorating decorators work. And I thought it was really nice on your site that you make it very, here's how our process works. Here's Mm -hmm. how you're going to get built. Here's how we're going to think through your, your solutions. So it isn't intimidating and scary. And so people understand the commitment. Um, Mm -hmm. And like you said, you don't have to wait to win the lottery to have someone very talented, help you make a plan for your mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought that was so, cause I, it's the first time I've seen that on a designer site, to be honest. Um, and it's just very helpful. I thought you had very, thank you for doing that. Well, it's okay. you know, I, um, and just to take the, inti- the intimidation out of the field. I mean, I think for a long time, there was kind of like this elitist idea about interior designers. Like, you know, you've, 
kind of flit around with a paint book and, you know, <laughs> look at antiques and, um, you know, and I, I don't think that's true anymore. I think you, anyone can have a beautiful house. I love to be, my favorite part of my job is to guide people through that. Like I love being a guide. I love doing new construction. I love going all the way through the furniture and knowing somebody for two or three years and, um, you know, really helping them kind of put their dream together, um, if you will, because, you know, a lot of people know what they like and they love pretty homes, but they would have no idea where to start. Um, and so to take the intimidation out of the building, the decorating process and make it fun, um, I think is really important because I think that's what is the obstacle for a lot of people is that, that they don't want to hire someone because they don't want to feel like they have to spend $500,000 or, you know, they have to have a whole home full of, you know, investment quality antiques. I mean, that's just not the case. Um, so I really want to be as transparent with people as I possibly can. Um, and we didn't, you know, we didn't grow up with scads of money, but my mom had always cared about decorating. Uh, we always had a pretty home. She was, that was very important to her. So it always seems like a priority. Um, and I think that's kind of gotten that from her, that it's always important, regardless of what you can afford to buy. Well, I want to get back to this all white room because I do think that you do it so well and it's not as easy as it looks. And in fact, I feel like sometimes an all white room is probably the hardest. A really beautiful one seems so easy and effortless, but I, I'm sure everyone can think of a before photo or maybe a friend or somebody that just um, painted all the walls white, got all white upholstery and then was kind of left feeling like, wait, why is this not working? Right. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering Sterile, if you can- I think would be you know, yeah. the easy yeah. way to go. So maybe you can walk us through, you know, how you develop a plan for an all-white room and the biggest challenges that you think um, people can, I guess, be susceptible to or think they do wrong. Sure. Um, Well, with all our projects, with every single project, we start obviously with our client, find out what they want, and then we lay it out. We do CAD drawings, that kind of thing, so they can kind of see the space plan, which is obviously the most important and how it's going to function, if it's going to work for them. But you know, beyond that, we get into kind of like the fun, the selections, the fabrics and all that. Um, I really look at it as, you know, everything's almost like a piece of sculpture. So, you know, if we have a really blocky sofa that has a real chunky leg on it, then we need a skirted chair. And then if, you know, in that room, then maybe we need something with height in the corner that's, you know, on a pedestal, something on a pedestal, or maybe we need um, a console for more dimension, you know, like how to plan where you're creating layers and dimension. And um, I think that's the most important thing because I think it can really fall flat any color. I mean, you know, it's a blue mm-hmm. room and everything's the same shade of blue and it's kind of like you don't really notice anything. So I think to make it interesting, you really have to be mindful about the texture and um, the heights of things and the the weight of pieces and that kind of thing visually. Um, and, you know, I always love to add in woven baskets and things like that that just instantly look warm. I mean, it instantly looks inviting. I love some sort of a piece of, you know, really worn kind of um, a warm tone wood, Um, even if it's not old, something that kind of has that life and that patina to it. Um, And obviously mixing in iron details and, you know, maybe ceramic lamps and glass and that kind of thing. So I think if, you know, if you're really mindful about it, there's still such a balance and a combination of those pieces it just happens to be that it's more monochromatic than, you know, it's not the, these three fabrics all coordinate. So I'm going to put one on the sofa and what, you know, and just kind of um, mm-hmm. like a paint by number. It's much more, how are we going to layer this and make this personal? And how are we going to bring your art collection in? And, you know, how can we do enough masculine and feminine to make it feel comfortable to everyone? Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, and it just so happens that you're drawn to these more neutral, lighter fabrics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you're still putting wood in there, you know, Mm -hmm. which I think also helps warm it up. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, you, I, I think, it's funny. yes, I think it's funny too, as much as, um, as everything's going to this, you know, it's a lot of the same, you know, now that we have Instagram and, you know, it's a lot of the same. And of course, clients are drawn to that because they see it and they love it. Um, but I do think you really do have to be mindful of what's going to make it different. Like my house, I don't want my house to look like a catalog. I don't want to look at my next door neighbor. So I feel like over the time I've kind of gotten where I'm almost leaning towards more traditional. So it's like, how do we add some more like classic wallpaper, you know, side tables that are a little dressier or something that feels more collected, even if it's not an antique, something that has a little more age to it mm-hmm. um, or a little more personality where everything is not 90 degree angles and track arm sofas. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of the same. Um, so so shiny, would, you know, and new. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. So that's the part I think, you know, there has to be different periods of furniture and different feels. So it's not, you know, again, it's not like it has to be an authentic antique, but I think you do want things that have that look. Um, you know, Valor mm-hmm. does a great job of that, of a lot of different periods as far as like the influence of the pieces to put in. So, you know, if you want a little telephone type table that's glass, there may be one that's brass and glass that you add in as a layer. So you have some metal and you have Mm-hmm. Glass and that kind of thing. And it just kind of mixes it up. Right. Well, it's funny. You were like, I, I don't, you don't want your house to look like a catalog. And it's like, we don't want our catalog to look like a catalog. Right. You know, like exactly. we're trying to make our catalog look as realistic as yeah. possible and how someone really I feel like decorated. it was created for you, you know, right. instead of taking somebody's idea and just kind of like moving it into your house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even do that for clients. Like I don't give them, you know, a mood board and a floor plan and say, this is your living room. You know, it's always, how do you feel about this? Do you like this or this better? And they kind of get to make all the fun decisions. Um, do you like this arm or this arm? And I know that the scale is right. It's comfortable. You know, mm-hmm. the depth is right. The room's going to flow out, but they're getting to make like those fun decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part of your house that you enjoy because it's uniquely you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, speaking of a fun decision, the, okay. This slide, spiral slide in your Wildwood project. <laughs> so it looks like it slides into a game room because I can see a ping pong paddle yes. in there. Okay, what up? Tell us okay. the story. So that's funny. So that client is just a hoot. I mean, she's hilarious. Um, and she has five children. And and she's also gorgeous. And it's she's a, a mess. Yeah, of course. Gross. Gross. Uh, that was like a gut renovation. So it was an older house in a neighborhood they loved um, and they totally redid it. And she just had the idea. I think she'd like seen it in a magazine. Like I want to have a slide in this room. So it's totally her idea um, to do it. And I was like, that's hilarious, but brilliant. Um, And they plan on living there forever. So it actually goes from this little room. That's like a bunk room. It's kind of nautical and feel it goes from that room into the playroom. Um, and it's adorable. I mean, it's so oh, cool. Oh, I know exactly. Okay. It looks like a um, a ship's like yes. window portal. Yes. Oh, yes. so the yes. porthole is the slide entrance. Yes, exactly. <gasps> Those kids must be the happiest kids. Be mm-hmm. happy. If they ever cried, I would be like, just go look at your playroom and be quiet. And right. I'm sure every kid in their school is like, oh my God, John's having a yeah, can I play it over? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was pretty that fabulous. So How did they get back up? There must be stairs somewhere. No. Oh, we just walk around the corner. You know, <laughs> oh, okay. Like get up in the bunk beds, kind of, and then, you know, come back down. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love that. I mean, because like you said, it's not something you're going to see 
everywhere. You can't order that out of a catalog. No, you can't. And, you know, I think a lot of people, I found this, I had a client interview me a few weeks ago and they said, well, can you do anything that's not a white kitchen? And I was like, oh, yes, but everybody wants a white kitchen. Um, Because I do think it's easy to kind of get stuck in that. Well, I know this is safe. And if we ever resell, which right. these people are not planning to resell, but it's like, if we ever resell <laughs> for you, you know, if they want to buy your house, they can paint the cabinets. Right. You know, yeah. so that's what's so funny to me. It's like, well, if we resale, and I'm like, you're building your forever home, you're not going to sell it. And if right. you do, somebody you're might sell the cabinets. Years, and yeah. then it's like, gonna it's still going to be out there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think people are going to like your style exactly anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. Highly unlikely. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so, yeah, we do. And we do a lot of light, bright. I mean, I love that, like living spaces that are very fresh and open. But then I do love some drama in a powder room or dining room, like doing something really deep, really dark um, and kind of having that contrast. And we're doing um, a client. They've know, I've known them forever. They're doing a laundry room and her whole house. She wants to be white. Like all the walls are white. But then we convinced her we're going to do this wild wallpaper in the powder room. And then her whole laundry room, mud room is going to be this. It's called Cape Verde. It's like this really pretty deep green. Oh, um, yeah. So you have these like little exclamation points, you know, kind of sprinkled around. So it makes mm-hmm. it so it feels like your house and not just like a pretty white house. Mm-hmm. My front hallway is Cape Verde. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it's been it for nine years now. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about me loving color from the beginning. But yes, no, I love that color. <laughs> yes, I love that color. <laughs> no, so, that's so smart to like, again, punch up where you can, mm-hmm. you know, and it allows your client too to feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask about, you have a few projects where, and I was wondering if this is kind of quote the trend or if it's just part of people kind of unique, you know, doing their kitchens is where they kind of do a set of cabinets different mm-hmm. um, either. Yeah. Like the actual molding or the color or the hardware. Mm-hmm. Um is that a trend or is that like just a kind of, what do you think about it? I guess. You know, I do, I do think it's a trend in the sense that since we are seeing so many white kitchens, I think people still have that, you know, you still want it to be unique. Like I want it to be my kitchen. I want it to be unique. So we're doing a kitchen right now, new construction and she's a fabulous client and she gets excited about design, but she asked me a question once and then does what, does what I say. She does what I 400 times. Um, but she's amazing. But what we did with her is she wanted a white kitchen, but I encouraged her. I was like, you know, let's do something that has some like age to it. And like, you know, feels a little bit more collected. So we did a really pretty kind of like washed wood, white oak, um, Island and we changed the hardware. So it has a little bit more warmth. She still gets the perimeter cabinets are white. The tile is really pretty, but you know, it's something different. And then also it leads right into the family room. And I felt like the wood finish is going to feel much more like furniture, mm-hmm. than a big white island. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily, when people do like a totally different color, like a blue island or whatever, I think it can be really pretty and done well, but I think you really have to be mindful of what's going to be next to it. What room does that flow into? Where are you going to reference that blue again? Um, mm-hmm. So I do like that idea of like some natural, especially wood finishes to just make it warmer and feel a little bit more cozy. What about um, kitchens just like in terms of the next, I mean, I hate to say trend because I think we all just load that word because it implies this um, limited time period. But like, is there anything that you're seeing kind of like coming down the pipeline as a response, I suppose, to the white kitchen? Sure. 
I think people are getting much more adventurous in powder rooms, mud rooms, laundry rooms, you know, where they feel like it's not so important. Like it's, you know, it's almost like you can kind of let your hair down because you're like, it's my laundry room. I'm going to be the one that gets it and it's fun. And I don't think people feel the same amount of, because kitchens are very expensive. Appliances are very expensive, you know, and I think there's this mentality that's like, I need to love this forever and ever. And if I do white or if I do this off white, I know I'm going to love it forever. Uh, whereas when you look at like a laundry room, I think people think, oh, that's fun. That'd be a fun laundry room color. You know, they don't feel like it's such a huge decision. So a lot of my clients are really open to that because, you know, I don't want them to feel like they live in a spec house. You know, if we do a custom build, I'm like, we've got to have some things, you know, that really speak, that really, um, you know, convey who you are. So whether that's a really dark, like we said, the dark green laundry room, or that's a fabulous, you know, blush wallpaper in your powder room, like there needs to be elements that are uniquely you that you're not going to see somewhere else that are are Mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. Totally agree. (laughs) Do you, um, what are, what are like the ways to make a, I'm just sitting here in my, on a rainy day. It's one of those first cool days of the year. And I'm wearing a sweater for the first time, drinking some tea. And so I'm wondering when you've got those really um, light, bright, fresh rooms that just, to me, you just see that picture and you're like, oh, summer day, like it looks perfect. How do you then layer those in though to make them cozier for the cooler months? Sure. That's a great question. I love mohair, velvet, chenille pillows throws like I love really chunky like cable knit throws I think that's like instant just beautiful um, and layered Um, definitely definitely that I think I'm not a big like I'm not a big like accessory person for accessories for accessory sake but I do think pull in you know like if you have like darker pottery or you have things you can put on your bookshelves and kind of change things out I think that's an easy way to do it Um, but I think really textiles are the go to because that's such an easy way to do it. It's not expensive. It's quick. And there's a million ways to do it. So if you have, you know, Christmas, like for instance, my house is very light, it's black and white. And, um, but at Christmas I'll do green throws and like green velvet pillows. And it's not like, you know, I'm not going to put a Santa Claus pillow on my sofa, but <laughs> although after I had kids, I kind of would do that now. They would like it. But, uh, I, full disclosure, I would, I mean, I literally told my husband we wanted to blow up for, of Santa in the yard. He said, absolutely not. People know where we live. I was like, they know we have kids. Like all, <laughs> all your standards. Your reason goes out the window. Um, <laughs> except except I'm sure for a good photo, you would move the Santa pillow and just keep all the velvets in there. Sure. Yeah. No, you don't photo. tell anybody you have the Santa oh, pillow. It's that's for your children. Absolutely. <laughs> children. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do, I do think that's a really easy thing to do. And it also kind of enables you to seasonally change it. So like, mm-hmm. I might, like I love, you know, like deep rust and reds and like terracottas, but I don't want them forever. Like I like that in the fall. And when it gets cooler, like you said, it's crisp. It feels like that. So I like camel colored and browns and that kind of thing. But, you know, we get into winter, it's like, I might want greens and, you know, more browns mm-hmm. or whatever. And I think that's just a really easy way to do it without a lot of money. And honestly, not a lot of storage space. You know, you can kind of keep those things together, um, mm-hmm. you know, when you have your holiday deck decorating. So I think that's an easy way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Or just decorate with like, um, you know, get some gourds or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I need gourds. to do that. I just, I, okay. So I, I just went and saw the first pumpkins at the grocery store and 
I'm excited. I'm not going to lie. I think this year more than ever, I'm. Well, that's funny because we've been trying to predict it. I love, the, I love the pumpkin patch picture. So I was just thinking if they're going to open here and oh, when, I've got to mm-hmm. take Marlo for the pumpkin patch picture. You have you have to. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yep. Kind of ready ready. <laughs> we, we've been trying to predict at Ballard how people are going to behave this holiday. You know, are they just going to be so depressed they can't even bother putting anything up or they just be like I'm whole hog in I need a diversion because I feel like we are so busy we are the busiest we've ever been I was driving home last night thinking do I need to hire another designer I mean it's that kind of thing but I think it's because people have been home and they're really realizing like this affects how I feel you know I want to surround myself with beautiful things it's not just like a place I come in watch some tv and go to bed you know, people are really enjoying, I think, their homes and they're using spaces they've never used before. So, you know, mm-hmm. this little niche that was, you know, outside the guest bedroom is now your workspace. So all these areas are getting to be more important. And, you know, we're trying to use every nook and cranny because you have the whole house there. You know, everybody's there. Mm-hmm. Your kids might be home. Both spouses are home. Um, so I think all those have gotten much more important, too. So I think people are much more into their homes. I feel like the decorating oh. is going to be, oh, I think it's going to be wild and fun. I also just think there's so little you can control about the world right now. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. even control whether your kids are going to school or not. And no. so no. one thing that you can control is, so true. Like, is your, your orange colored <laughs> linen tablecloth that That's makes true. your afternoon. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> well, you know, something that you guys have done forever and I've always loved this and I feel like, um, as I'm kind of leaning back into some more traditional elements is the skirted tables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I've seen those amazing. a lot lately out in the magazine. Oh, yes. And they're so affordable and I've always loved that. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, things like that you can do if you, and again, I guess that's why I go back to, I always do these really like your staple upholstery pieces are neutral because, you know, if you want to do something that's a damask and it's, you know, fall colors, you can throw that in with your linen sofa. It's going to look great. I mean, you know, you just mm-hmm. don't have to reinvent the wheel every time to make, significant changes you know yeah true yeah that makes sense it's so smart it's and again for the way we're living right now too where we're like staring at stuff all the time this Mm -hmm. is the best time to be like all right new pillows we're gonna yeah you know what we might buy new pillows next month you know pillows are like lifting (laughs) your house you know it's like there's all these studies they say like how many tubes of lipstick women have and when they're having a bad day they buy lipstick and it's so interesting when you read that because i was like that's how pillows are because that's such an easy fun mm-hmm. thing to do and it's every price point every fabric every mm-hmm. you know design mm-hmm. style it's just an easy way to do it but it does completely transform the look mm-hmm. true yeah yeah okay i just wanted to call out to our listeners how amazing your blog is because mm-hmm. um it has i feel like it's the how to decorate podcast boiled down into <laughs> beautiful bite-sized nuggets it is. of <laughs> super helpful easy tips i mean you know like the, the five design mistakes not to make or whatever. And they're very simple things. And, um, and you boil it like one of the, my favorite things that you said was like, look, you know, if you can't afford a bunch of custom drapery, drapery is very expensive. Just get simple white panels and a French return rod and call it a day mm-hmm. until you can, or maybe that's all you need. And, and it's just those little simple things like that, that, I mean, your blog is full of them. So I encourage everyone to get in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, and dig around, but what made, makes you, what makes you as a designer want to have a blog when you're already super busy? You're already doing this, you know, for people. Right. Well, I, I found that 
we we are really busy. I found that um, when we started, I didn't really do social media for a while. I didn't. It wasn't that I was fighting it. I just didn't have any extra time. So I guess I didn't realize how many people are really on Instagram. You know, they're looking at these things all the time and consuming all these images. And I really didn't realize until I, I talked to a few people about working with them. And they said, well, do you have any work that's not on Instagram? And we were barely putting things. I mean, it just wasn't a focus. And I said, gosh, have you looked at my website, like our portfolio? And they said, no. And I thought, oh my gosh, like they're thinking about hiring me from Instagram and they haven't even seen really what I do or the range or whatever. And at that point, it was like a light bulb. I thought, you know, even if I'm not looking at social media all day, it's it's the thing, like it's not going anywhere. Right. Um, and at that point, I realized with two little children, I really needed help. So at the time I had an intern, um, Jessica, she's going to start working for us full time. And I said, hey, I really need you to help me with social media. I can give you content and I can tell you, but I need you to make it look beautiful. I need you to post it. I need to make sure it's working. I can't do all those things. So that's kind of how we've teamed up. I mean, I'll give her content or I'll give her things to buy or whatever. And then she'll put it together and make it really beautiful. And again, I just like that it's accessible. I just always want people to feel like designing your home is accessible. You can do it. Um, it shouldn't be so intimidating or daunting. And honestly, if you mess up, you just don't use it anymore. <laughs> you know, like it's not the end of the world. You give it to your friend, you give it to your sister, your mom, whatever. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world. And honestly, the only way, I mean, with everything in life, definitely decorating, the only way you're ever going to, the only way you can ever do anything is if you make mistakes. So for your house, you're going to make a mistake. I've taken risk at my house and kind of thinking, mm, I don't love that now. That was, I don't like that. I'm glad I took the risk. I don't know. I don't like it now. Um, and I think you have to let yourself be free to do that and know that it may not be perfect. Everything you bring home may not be perfect, but there's a reason you chose it and that you loved it. And so how can you get that thing you chose and loved, but better for your space? You know, and look at it as a process instead of like, I'm going to go out this weekend and buy everything for my living room, you know, um, to take it a little more slowly and be more, um, just more intentional. Well, on your Instagram, what is this on the couch thing you're doing? Well, you should watch. Um, it is. We started. Uh, we started a series um, on the couch, and it's basically just me interviewing people in fields I'm interested in. So experts in their field. So for instance, I had um, a friend that does closet organization and wardrobe styling. I had a nutritionist on. Um, I've got a a fitness trainer coming up in the next few weeks. I had a person on that does Botox, laser filler, uh, just anything I'm interested in. And often my followers would be interested in, honestly, and everybody that follows me on Instagram. I mean, it's all women my age. Like it's all, <laughs> it's all the same person. You know, it's like 35 to 65 women. Um, and so it's just anything I thought people would be interested in. And we just sit and kind of have a very casual, you know, 20 or 30 minute chat. And it's been really fun because it's just another way for me to feel like, you know, I can get my personality out there and I feel like people know me a little bit better than just a photo on a website because I feel like sometimes you have no idea, you know, what that person's like or if you'd want to work with them. So uh, that was just more for me to do something kind of fun and different and, you know, to just get out there in a different way. Well, it's such great content. And to your point, like Karen said, you have so many topics on there too. It was really fun to go through because I feel like they're things we have said on here, just like Karen was saying, you said you were talking about the boob light and I was giggling too. Well, it. <laughs> and it's so funny. Um, Jessica said that was putting the blog together. She said, yeah, I'm going to say, you know, our pet peeves. And I said, Oh, don't say that. That sounds like we're jerks. Just say we don't like it, you know, because I was like, it's not a pet peeve. I don't get angry when I see it. I just, oh, I do. Like, 
best decision. Yeah. <laughs> she hates it, boob light. Karen. I was like, I don't want to sound like a jerk. I just don't think they're pretty. <laughs> they're not pretty. I also love that you your highlights in Instagram too. You've done a great job um, with that as well to be able to really again know your depth because um, again you have everything you know everything on there from parties and fashion um, and then you had also on your on your blog switching back there you had the like trendy home things you're into and I thought that was fun too just because I think all that we have a lot of listeners write in being like well what's what's on trend and as a designer we you know you try to stay away from the word trend and right. but it is nice to know what you're kind of gravitating to because I yeah, think people you know, it's also like we want the staple pieces in your wardrobe, but it's fun to get, you know, if coral's the color, it's fun to get a crazy ruffled coral top, you know, and you may not wear it for the next 10 years, but it was fun. And so that's kind of how I approach trends. You know, it's kind of like the throw pillow example. It's like these candlesticks are really fun. I love them. And if I use them for a year, they were from Target. It's not, you know, it's not an investment. Um, and I think, again, that's why I'm a totally broken record, but you go back to the staple important pieces and then you can throw in the little fun accessories and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, okay, wait, but what are your pet peeves? Because <laughs> I don't want to talk about those. They're I'm not like, pet peeves, look, Caroline. Dislike. They're dislikes. They're just like, they're things I don't encourage. Um, what don't you encourage? When a client says they love something and I don't love it, I'll say, you know, I think they're better choices. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to say, that's terrible. I don't like that. Um, but what, the biggest thing I don't like is um, rugs that are too small. That looks so terrible to me. Um, I do think we need more options that are more affordable that are 11, you know, 11 by, you know, 10 by 14, 12 by 15, whatever, uh, because rooms are getting so big, like, you know, new homes, these rooms are massive. And then they're, they're also open concept. So there's no, you can't define the area. So, you know, rugs are like the simplest, most effective way to define a space. So when you don't mm -hmm. have a rug that's the appropriate size, I feel like you just lose any kind of like cozy, you know, that feeling of like, this is a finished space and it's really cozy and I want to hang out in this space. It just kind of feels like you're walking through, you know, like everything's just kind of a walkthrough room. So that's- And it makes your room smaller. Yes. It makes it your room, room look smaller. Yeah. Like, it does. And, and, you know, that's the thing. It's like, you could have a very, you know, a fine antique rug, but if it's, you know, a five by eight and you need a nine by 12, it, it's never going to look good. I mean, it's not, the room's never going to look finished. It's always going to look off and everything else could be right. If that is off, it's going to be off. Um, and I tell clients all the time, if, especially if we're doing whole homes, you know, it's like every rug doesn't have to be an investment. It has to be the right size. So if that means we need to do a seagrass or a sisal or something, you know, carpet that we, you know, like a broad loom that's really pretty, um, let's do that and let's have the appropriate size. And then later on, if you want to layer a fun ushak or something over it, great. And it's not as big, we can do that. But let's start with something that's appropriate because scale to me is the most important part of design. I don't think anything else, um, I don't think anything else really is important because you can take as many risks as you want with like period of pieces, the colors that you mix together. You can do all these things and it still looks really smart and finished because the scale is right. And so mm -hmm. I intuitively knows the scale is right. And that's what other people that don't do design and you guys look at it every day. But if you don't do that, you just know it feels right. Like it looks good and finished. And I, I think that's what clients are drawn to. They're like, oh, that looks so finished and that looks good. Like, why couldn't I do that? But it really goes back to those like very simple, you know, principles. Yeah. Do Will you tell us about G-Grace Gallery? Yeah. 
Oh, I'd love to. Um, I started G Grace Gallery about three years ago, and I have a, a real cute retail um, space. I'm in 12 South in Nashville, and it's a two-story little house we renovated. And I did have a retail space for a while. It really wasn't my focus. I'm not a retailer, so I yeah, commend you guys. Um, <laughs> it's hard but, work. Uh, I get at it. Uh, but I did it kind of more con- convenience and installs and that kind of thing. And then when I realized that wasn't, you know, revenue producing, I thought I've always wanted to have an art gallery. I really want to do something um, as a nonprofit. So I use that space. So our downstairs is a conference room and the gallery. And the gallery benefits uh, families of critically, chronically ill children. So any non-medical need. And I really had a heart for that because we, my seven-year-old Gus was a twin and his little sister or his big sister, I guess, Georgia, uh, passed away very early. She was born very early. And then um, I continued to be pregnant with him. And then he was in the NICU for a very long time, but he's completely healthy now. Um, But I just, you know, it took me a few years to be at a place where I could do something for her because I just, you know, there was a time when you can't even talk about things like that. But I, I wanted to do something in her honor, but I knew it took me a little while emotionally to get to a point I could do it. Um, but as a mom that, you know, as any mom that's lost a child, um, I think your biggest fear is that you don't want people to forget them. That's like, you know, you just don't want people to forget. So for me, the gallery was a really positive, um, beautiful way to remember her and to keep her as part of my life um, in a really mm-hmm. beautiful, positive way. That's wonderful. Yeah. I also just loved the curation and the art and it just is a really beautiful, colorful um, space. I wonder if you could kind of talk to us a little bit about um, buying art for yourself. Like I know you probably help walk your clients through that, but if anyone out, out there is kind of struggling with how to start their art collection, you know, obviously they should go to G Grace Gallery, but um, but like once they get there, like then what? Well, I think that, I think the biggest mistake people make in addition to hanging things too high, because you know, <laughs> oh. worst. Uh, but I think the biggest mistake people make is they buy a lot of the same. So they buy a lot of paintings on canvas and they'll have similar sizes and they're just paintings on canvas, you know, like one everywhere. Um, so I really encourage people to do a series of something, you know, a rendering of something and then mixed with a painting, mixed with a photograph, um, in different sizes and scale. So, you know, a triptych here, a pair here, a really oversized, huge piece somewhere. And I feel like if you have that variety, then you can really, it's kind of like the scale of pieces. You can really layer in what you want. I mean, I have, we have a lot of windows. I don't have just tons of little walls at my house. Um, some older homes, they have more little cozy spaces like that that you can use small things. So I took my powder room and it is just a gallery. It's like floor to ceiling, just every piece that I bought on travels at art shows and um, they're all framed differently. And it's kind of just like a little jewel box of all these paintings because I didn't have anywhere to put them. And I don't, a small piece of art really just looks insignificant no matter how beautiful it is. It's, it's on a huge wall. So that's a way I think you can really cluster things together like a collection. So if you find that you have a lot of the same sizes and smaller, small, medium sizes, I think that's a super easy way to do it. And now, you know, we have such great access to, gallery frames and simple frames that you can order and do yourself. So you don't have to necessarily custom frame everything. Um, I think that's a really quick and easy way. So I'd, I'd say variety um, of, of what you're, what you're buying. And also um, this be really mindful about the size, because I think when you have a lot of little pieces, you either have to use those as a group 
um, or you really do have to find the perfect little space for them. What about um, coordinating your art to your room? How, you know, closely does your art need to work into the rest of the color palette, the rug, the drapes, Mm -hmm. the pillows, et cetera? I think it's more about the feel of the room. Um, you know, I think that's so that's so personal to me. And I don't, I don't necessarily choose art for clients. I usually show them examples. Like, I think this would be really beautiful. This type thing would be, or I might say, I think we really, this feels really ordered. Let's do something that's really abstract. Or, you know, I feel like this feels really heavy. Let's do something that's really, you know, light and bright and happy. And I kind of walk through it like that. But I do think, um, you know, I do I do try to avoid the whole like furniture store where it's like I have a this piece of art and it's light green and dark green. And so then I have light green and dark green pillows. And then, you know, and I just feel like that is just not a very sophisticated way to think about it. Um, that's not to say I don't love a nod to the piece in the room. Like I think that, you know, makes both things sing. But I, I think it can't be that you're just buying it to decorate around it. Um, I think it's more like, you know, there's a piece of abstract art and has 10 different colors, one of which is a beautiful turquoise. Well, maybe you have a gorgeous turquoise bowl on your coffee table. You know, I like it to relate that way. So it's corresponding to something, but it's not all about matching the drapes to the rug, to the painting. Right, right, right. Makes sense. Something Julie does really well, and it was my first question, but I obviously stuck it in at the end. Cafe panels. Let's talk about the mullet of panels that you tell most people to stay away, but they looked fantastic in every shot you had them. And I was like, how is she pulling this off? Well, thank you. And you like one of my clients, I say that and they look at me like I have four heads like what? Like my grandma had those on her, you know, front door Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, Well, I, I love things. Again, it goes back to function, especially in like workhorse rooms, like kitchens or bathrooms. So unless you're going to do a motorized Roman, we have tons of homes now. They have that big, huge window above the bathtub and they're also in neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So you're really pretty close to your neighbor. And then, you know, you have this huge window above your bathtub. So the way that I've kind of approached that and it's really worked well is to have the cafe curtain. So it's just basically giving privacy, but you always have sunlight. You're always getting natural light. So you're not getting up every day and opening your blind, you know, and oftentimes you'd have to step in the bathtub to even, you know, do a Roman shape. So I just think it works so well for function. And I do think, again, mm-hmm. if you do that really simple French return. It's really clean and you don't do some kind of busy print on it. Um, it almost just becomes like part of the architecture and goes away. Uh, but I do think it's just so functional. Um, and, you know, my goal is to have no client be mad at me after they move in. So I want them to think I'm brilliant, not that, why in the world did she do this Roman shade? I can't even get to, you know? Um, So those do work really well in bathrooms. But they're so clean. Is it like, is it having pleats? Is it not having pleats? Is it being ring? You know, Mm -hmm. what's the real key here that we need to keep? um, We do little rings. Um, Sometimes it's usually like a white linen. We usually line it a little bit. Sometimes we don't. If they don't need tons of privacy, we'll do like a sheer linen. Um, And then we do it either inside mount if we have room or we'll do the French return on the outside. Um, Yeah. So if you wanted to open them, you could. I mean, they would pull to the sides, but typically people just leave those closed and it's, you know, Mm -hmm. they don't have to think about it, but they still get the really pretty natural light. Right. Hmm. Okay, good. I mean, it seems to me like it's all about the execution. And if you have a beautiful fabric and it's real tightly, you know, it's really 
it measures right and mm-hmm. it's on That's a great hardware and it's not, you know, like red buffalo check or something. It would have been your grandmother's cafe. Uh, be, yeah. You don't want to feel like you're in a saloon, you know, like, <laughs> like a vinyl tablecloth for your drape. Right. Um, no, it's definitely got to be a sophisticated, really simple. I mean, I think white linen is such a go-to for us because we do a lot of homes. We're doing the whole house of drapery. And so, you know, we're not going to do a designer fabric that we need 400 yards of. Mm -hmm. So it's just a way to frame the views outside your house, but not detract from, you know, everything in the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And spend $60,000 on, Mm -hmm. you know. It's easy to do. Yeah. Well, I just thought that was very important to note that they can be done, but very well. And you better look at it. Not green. No, you have to look at her portfolio. Do it. (laughs) So you do it correctly. No mullets. No mullets. This is from Lee, and she has an adorable little room. I am so excited for um, Julie to answer this one. Okay, she writes, hi, ladies. Love the podcast. Great Great to get tips from so many talented designers. Love the trials and triumphs. And Karen, I sympathize with you. You're... <laughs> With you having your husband walk through the background of a video called Shirtless, <laughs> which means we need more story, Lee. Um, I have a cottage on the coast of Rhode Island. The cottage was built in 1880 and is in the historic district. My dilemma is the master bedroom. The room is small and there are several awkward spaces and I'm struggling with how to decorate it. One, would wallpaper work well in this room? If so, what parts of the wall ceiling would I wallpaper? Should I wallpaper the sloped ceiling? What about the wall next to the window? Since there is one window, what should I use for the window treatment? Hoping to get central air so no more window AC. (laughs) What do I do with the nook with the light? The wall starts sloping at 37 and a half inches high, I believe. I can walk in there, but it is tight. Um, And then thoughts on the transom window. It does provide light to the room and was most likely added to the room to add light as you can't make changes to the exterior without historic commission approval. Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Lee. Okay, so let me quickly describe it. It's going to be hard to describe, but I'm going to do it. So it's sort of in my mind, I'm imagining this as an attic room. I don't don't really know. But it's 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 a rectangle. The the long wall has a bed on it, but at 37 and a half inches, that wall starts um, um, angling in. So just basically kind of where the headboard ends is where the ceiling starts angling in. And right in the center of that bed is a small little window that's, I'd say, 30 inches wide. It has a window unit in that window. So she's asking about window treatments for that, where she has her bed in front of. And then I think the wall across from the bed is just a normal flat wall that goes all the way up. Then on her right, um, if she's lying in the bed, on her right, on that wall is a a double sliding door, I believe, that would go to a closet. They're mirrored. And then on her left is a flat wall that has a transom window up at the top with five lights. And then beyond those two... Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so, And then if you're lying in the bed immediately to her left, to the left of the transom window is like, I'd say this sort of like four foot nook that goes back four feet wide and it has a, a sconce light back in there. And she's like, what should I do with all this? Help me. Help. <laughs> I think it's adorable. I didn't mm-hmm. really, it's a cool room. You did a great job describing that, by the way. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, you did. 
Um, I love this room and I think it could be so fabulous because again, I think it could be like a little jewel box. So I agree with her. I think the wallpaper would be so, so pretty. And I mean, every surface that you could get it on, I would put it on. So walls, ceilings, sloped ceilings everywhere. Yes. Um, I think it'd be beautiful. I mean, I do think a print of some kind would be fun on the wallpaper, but maybe in a little bit lighter colors. So you don't feel like, you know, you're in like a, you know, old English castle. <laughs> um, but then, and I think on that window, since it is kind of, you know, something needs to be wall to wall, I just kind of think you would do a Roman shade there that's very relaxed and have it mounted all the way up where it meets the ceiling. So, you know, you have kind of defines that window, but you have a little bit of softness. Um, you have softness there. And then when it's closed, it would still have that fullness and kind of like some a pleated look. Um, and then I think over in that the niche where the little light is, I think it'd be really pretty to do a little desk or like a little vanity table um, since it, because then it kind of keeps you away from the wall where it's too short, but it also has some sort of function. So um, mm-hmm. I think that could be really nice to do that. And then maybe just change that to a really pretty, um, like a shaded sconce above it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I ask why she has her bed on this wall as opposed to the flat wall? Hmm. Look at the well, image like, that has the door to the bedroom. Yeah, and it looks like there's a place for the TV as well on that flat wall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's power. Or maybe she just wall. wanted it to be centered. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do. Maybe she board. likes being under the little mm-hmm. um, the ceiling, which is kind I mean, of I fun. I do like to walk into a room and see the headboard if it's possible at yeah, all. Yeah, I do too. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, and I do think if she really finished this out with the wallpaper and really made it kind of like its own little um, retreat, I think it'd be amazing. Do you think it'd be possible for her, um, as I'm just looking at her headboard and that wall and whatnot, um, do you think it'd be possible for her to, to wire sconces off of that angled ceiling so they're kind of over her bedside tables mm-hmm. or, you know, she could put something directly there under right. the angled ceiling with bedsides mm-hmm. and then have sconces come down over that. Yeah, I think that actually be really pretty. She couldn't do a lamp because it would hit her right. wall. That'd be a good, and we do that sometimes if rooms are just really small, you know, or we have to do such a small bedside table because, you know, if you have the small table and then like a giant shaded lamp, it just looks wonky. Mm-hmm. And when we're in that situation. So here she could do really petite little round tables or something and have a sconce over those. I think that's a great idea. Lounge spot. Oh, that would be good. We're actually yeah. doing one of those right now, kind of because of this. We ended up this funny little spot. Um, we ended up with a funny little spot. So uh, we're doing it and we're doing a little hanging pendant in there. So it's it's for a little girl. So I think it's going to be really sweet. No, I love either. Or or to your point too, a, d- a desk surface would be really fun mm-hmm. back there. Mm-hmm. Um, but did we answer her about the window treatment too? Yes. Okay. Okay. But, you know, relaxed, like a very relaxed one. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure we got all of her questions. So. <laughs> It was so nice to meet you, and I hope we can do it in person sometime. So, thank you, guys. I'm glad to see your faces. I'm on Instagram at Julie Couch Interiors, C O U C H. Um, the same thing on Facebook, um, and my website is just my name. It's JulieCouch.com. So I'm easy to find. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcastballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time. Happy Happy decorating. decorating.